So I wanted to talk to you briefly about the kinds of guests that we bring on the Drop-In CEO podcast. We talk to industry leaders and bring their insights and inspiration, but I wanted to clarify, we sometimes talk to CEOs and senior leaders of large organizations and sometimes the smaller ones when they're still in that entrepreneurial journey. The key to it is that they are leaders both in some kind of transformation or transition at some point in their journey. And they are both near and dear to me, but potentially have different issues that need to be resolved. So I will bring leaders onto the show because one, I'm learning what are the things that keep them up at night so I can learn and potentially serve them in the future, but also the transitional heroes that are an entrepreneur. And I am grateful for the network of being associated with Clay Hicks. He talks about the entrepreneurial journey, the tenacity, the grit that we go through day in and day out because we are so passionate about what we're going to do and the change we want to make in the world. But the challenges are real (laughs) when we have to answer to the people we care about so deeply about, well, where are we at in the journey? Are we going to get to a place of stability? And, you know, it is also very lonely. So the Drop-In CEO podcast is your resource to listen to real life as business leaders that you don't have to do it alone. The podcast is a resource to give you some inspiration, but also you can reach out to myself or even a special guest like Clay Hicks. Let's listen. Your average entrepreneur or salesperson that's out there knocking doors, I mean, let's just be frank. They're at it alone. They're at it alone. My family still don't know what I do for a living. And I've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years. So you have this sense of being alone out there. And as an entrepreneur, you've got to pay your bills. And so maybe you eat what you kill. And so you're trying to build up this dynasty of your business that you want to pass on to the next generation in your life and all that stuff. Well, chances are you're doing it alone and you start pretty much alone. Even if your husband or wife is like, yeah, baby, you can do this. You can do this. Two months go by and your wife's like, hey, uh, so are you going to help with the bills? The best thing you can do is find champions for you. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the drop-in CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, Join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, my name is Deb Coviello, founder of Illumination Partners, and I am so grateful you have joined me again for another amazing episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I am grateful that week after week, I am introduced to amazing people And they're so interesting, and I can't wait to share their insights with you. 
If you like this program, please subscribe, rate, review, share with others. I have been noticing some really amazing downloads from people binging on this show. So again, if you like it, please share with others. We want to be able to help as many as we can. And this week, I am so grateful to share the mic with somebody I really, really care about and engage with his community, Clay Hicks. He is an entrepreneur who has created several companies. He is an author, a speaker, and a trainer on professional relationships. Clay Hicks founded his first company, H7 Network, in 2008 in the hopes of positively impacting the many underserved entrepreneurs and sales professionals. His vision is to revolutionize the way business professionals connect first, serve with purpose, and ask their peers I'm grateful to know you, Clay. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, so to my listeners, Clay, you know, I am an entrepreneur. I am an evolving entrepreneur trying to find people. You know, sometimes when you're sitting in your office, you go to the library, you look around the room and you say, I am so lonely and I need more people. I need friends. I need people who have my back to help connect us with the people we can provide value. And Clay came into my life. I participate in one of his networking organizations, but it's his story. Clay, can you share a little bit about your yourself personally, your business journey, and the work that you're doing now? So currently, I'm uh, married with five children, youngest is 16, oldest is 25. Uh, my wife and I are both entrepreneurs. Uh, my journey did not start that way, of course. Uh, my entrepreneurial journey began when I was 23, so almost 20 years ago, In actually a month from now, 20 years ago. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, so I spent um, a lot of my entrepreneurial journey as a single parent and uh, raised. <laughs> uh, that taught me a lot. It gave me a lot of grit, a lot of seeing how strong I am and ability to overcome extreme obstacles, which I still value today. And uh, I value value people, uh, value who they are, who they want to be, their potential, whatever. But uh, value others, which has helped me to become who I am today. And that humbleness, that soulfulness in who you are really took me back because, you know, so often we as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we have to put on a happy face. We have to project confidence. We have to be that large-ish personality. But who you are is very humble and kind and all you want to help. Have you always been that way? And maybe what has inspired you in your approach in helping others? That's a great question. No, I have not always been that way. I first became an entrepreneur, and so I guess about my first three or four years taught me a lot. I had it all, you know. I had a great job at one point. I had a great company, great business, married, two little girls at the time, and I lost everything. And uh, I had to start over with just the two little girls. And uh, that seriously humbled me. And uh, set me on a charted a new course for who the, the type of man I want to be. And uh, walking up those three flights of stairs with a two year old on your side, carrying laundry, and 
seven-year-old trying to do stuff, tugging at you and trying to figure out how you're going to feed them and uh, take care of business. That was a very humbling experience for me. You care a lot about your children. What uh, what are they doing now? Obviously, they're a little bit older than two and seven. How are they making a difference now? Well, my 22-year-old, is uh, that was seven, she is making me a grandfather now. So that's her contribution to the world right now. 17-year-old, uh, she works at uh, Wally World, Walmart, and uh, goes to school. And uh, she's a go-getter, too. She is just like me. Uh, very similar to me, but I've had my three bonus children come into my life and it's made me even more dynamic and uh, taught me, you know, it's it's one thing raising children that are biologically yours because you know like them so well. But when your bonus children come into your life and you have to practice loving every day, every time, every it becomes so different because you meet them at such an older age. And so that too has been extremely humbling for me to value people and who they are, who they want to be listening, meeting where meeting them where they're at has been extremely important to me. You know, that may be, as some people say, the mic drop of this entire interview. You talk about practice loving. And I've heard this mentioned once before in a, another interview I was on, where to be like in loving to people and loving is often thought of as something intimate and personal and you don't talk about it. But leveraging that insight of really reinforcing the relationship with your bonus children, I love that, <laughs> and practice loving and you carry that forward now. Yeah, it makes me actually really great at my job. Like that is, has been like the... You know, the practicing of patience, many entrepreneurs battle themselves with being impatient. Like I, you know, it's kind of like the story about, you know, having success overnight, you know, overnight success. He's an overnight success. And I'm like, man, nope. I have been patient. I have been gritty. I have been relentless in my pursuit of showing others that I value them and with my own children, all my children, that has benefited many of my relationships that I've worked with and all that. And I think to summarize that, that's where we talk about being your authentic self. And again, I know it's they use it a lot, but it's just being yourself and not being afraid. Like, I'm going to show up. I, yeah, I just came from dropping my kid off at school, and I'm going to tell you how I feel. Now, let's roll up our sleeves and do some business. Being that same person. And I, too, remember, like, you know, I'm an engineer. I have to be professional. I've got the suit. I have to look a certain way. And somebody said, Deb, get over yourself. It's not resonating. And then when you just say, okay, I'm going to let it hang out, I'm maybe... Maybe I'll flub my words up even on this podcast. I promise you, I'm going to flub my words up, but this is who I am. And that's how we need to do business these days. Yeah. So fast forward, H7, your networking group, you started in 2008. I would just love to know a little bit more about that journey. Where did you have to show patience or were you an overnight success with that? I'm reaping the <laughs> benefits now of really enjoying a great, uh, great entity. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so... You know, when I started it, why I started it and why I still do it is two different things. Okay. Yep. So when I first set up, set out on the journey, I'm like, I just want to help people. 
You know, I just want to help other people. And to be vulnerable, I needed to help other people because I spent a lot of my early time as an entrepreneur not doing that. <laughs> so helping myself. So I had to transition. And so I'm running, starting up age seven. And I just want to help other people, you know, and that took me very far. And so now my purposes have evolved from what it was then to like, now my purpose today is people that my purpose for living and being an entrepreneur as a father, as a husband, all these, my, as a friend has gone from, I just want to help people to, I want to build everybody up around me. That is my purpose in helping them to be their better self and to support that in serve them in that. And so you can see that glowing as, and definitely not being arrogant, but you can see that from the fruit of my labor. And I agree with that. And, you know, that's why you and I, our brands uh, resonate so much because Yes, we can do good work with people, leave them in a better place. We want to help people with our technical skills, but the noble work is leaving them in a better place. And, you know, I came to H7 because you have some amazing advocates, some people that know how to make me feel comfortable that I as a human am valued, not just trying to pitch me, hey, join this, and I become just a statistic, truly care about me and continuing relationships and connecting me with other people, whether they go anywhere or not. There's an underlying tone of caring and being in service. I feel that because of H7. So talk to me a little bit about the person, the person that may feel lost, that doesn't know you exist. What are they feeling? Where are they at? And why could being part of an organization, if not this one, any, there's many, many networking organizations, where are they at where this could be of value to them? Well, so, I mean, your, your average entrepreneur or salesperson that's out there knocking doors. I mean, let's just be frank. They're at it alone. They're at it alone. My family still don't know what I do for a living. And I've been an entrepreneur for almost 20 years. And so I don't, you know, so you have this sense of being alone out there. And so, you know, even your bosses, let's just say you're on a team and you're a salesman. I mean, at the end of the day, chances are the culture you live in, you got a quota to meet. You know, you, you got these things you got to live in. And as an entrepreneur, you got to pay your bills. And so maybe you, you know, you eat what you kill. And so you're trying to build up this dynasty of your business that you want to pass on to the next generation in your life and all that stuff. Well, chances are you are, you're doing it alone. And you start pretty much alone. Even if your husband or wife is like, yeah, baby, you can do this. You can do this. And then she goes to her job and you go to yours. And you're like, two months go by. And your wife's like, hey, uh, so are you going to help with the bills? <laughs> so, so there's all of these different dynamics going on. And the best thing you can do is find, find champions for you. And you shouldn't stop. You should refocus yourself. Defining champions for you so you are not going in alone. 
And that's beautiful because that aligns, again, a lot with what I talk about, not having mentors uh, to help you to discover your potential or coaches to give you the skills that you need. It is very lonely and so much longer to try to find your way. So that's why I'm trying to connect with as many people as I can, lift them up, give them the skills so they don't have to struggle. I mean, struggle is okay. You discover new things about yourself, but it doesn't have to be so hard and for so long. Now, I got to ask you another question. You keep spawning all these questions for me. But, you know, again, grit, grit. I know grit. Keep going. You started your organization, your networking organization. Was there ever a point where maybe you questioned it? And then what kept you going? Because I think that's so important for people when they get to that place that it hurts. The external world is not rewarding you yet. But inside, it's tugging at you that this is the right thing to do. Tell me if you had a moment like that. Okay, so my moment was not, should I stay in business? Okay, because I always had this attitude of, this is what I'm meant to do. Okay, and my spiritual self and faith and all that. But there have been many moments of being jaded with people. And so that probably started about four or five years ago where. I can't even believe I'm saying this, okay? So I'm just going to say it. Being jaded with people that say, you know, don't do what they say they're going to do. You know, expectations of this person. I mean, calling people back. Like, moments of that kind of jadedness have always crept in back and forth into my professional life. I mean... So far as making me feel alone, like I've had moments of myself feeling alone. And so when you have those moments as a CEO of being alone, I mean, how many times you hear like, it's lonely at the top, it's lonely at the top. And I just literally went through this. And you know what I had to remember is I'm not alone. Why do I feel lonely? It must be me that's making that happen. So yeah, the grit, the relentlessness, the relentless pursuit of success, defining success. I mean, people define success their own way. And so success isn't defined by me as money, more money. I don't define it that way. I had to like do my own internal searches of what, you know, for almost 14 years of business, I still am like, why do I do this? At times, but it never was, why do I do what I do? It was more like the people around me, I battle this jadedness at times because I'm going to always outserve the people around me. So why do I need to even think about it? It was those moments of selfishness that made me feel jaded. That was like, wait a second. No, I'm a competitor. And as a competitor, I'm always going to outserve the people around me. So what am I? I'm not really alone. I'm not really jaded. What's wrong with my head? That's me. So I appreciate you sharing that because it's important. This is the process. We have to accept these. If we weren't having these moments, we probably are not doing the right thing, working hard enough. And again, I'm not necessarily harder, smarter as well, but it means you're maybe doing some of the right stuff because it's feeling uncomfortable. 
my husband said to me, because I was disturbed by somebody and how they reacted to me or how I reacted to them. And again, I can write, read all the books on emotional intelligence. I can't change how I feel sometimes about a situation. But they did ask me, why are they relevant? Why are they relevant? And then when I paused and asked the question, you know, there may be some connection there, but they are not relevant. And just finding something to be able to separate yourself from those external inputs and say, I'm just going to keep going. So I know there are probably many stories or successes. Again, you do what you do. You provide an ecosystem for people to succeed and maybe be better. But I was wondering if there's either a personal story or maybe a story from people in your network that because of the network, wonderful things happen to them or their situation. Do you have any stories that you can share about somebody that says, you know, Clay, this Clay, this made a difference? I have a lot or since COVID, especially since COVID. Right. That was a very pivotal moment in many of our communities' lives. People losing jobs, people losing their business, then the people that could stick it out and, and those that were with me. So last year when COVID hit, I went through the proper channels as a CEO and said, all right, this is what we're going to do. And I followed the, the right strategy and we talked to everybody and everything was fine. Okay. But we had to go and take all of our means offline and put them, you know, take basically turn them all off and then go virtual essentially overnight. On a Friday, we were in person. And then like March 14th or 13th, March 16th, we were virtual. And March 16th, people showed up. They showed up and they were there. And that was a pivotal time in my life because I was scared to death that I was going to lose my business, lose my house, disappoint my family, disappoint our members, and not be the man and the leader that I needed to be in that moment. And I only could be because of so many people that showed up and said, we're going to do this together. And we did. And we rocked it out and we've expanded to new states, new countries. And it's all, all because of them and my friends and my relationships. You, I found out who my friends were that moment and they were there and we all did it and we all made it and we survived and we high-fived on the other side. So there you go. Very humbling, but very relatable. I mean, I was going to expecting a story about a person that had fame and fortune because of a connection that maybe led to something, but you brought it home into the community, came together and rose to the occasion. And that's the story. That's the story. I love it. <laughs> I've got a hundred stories where a financial advisor followed my process, my systems. He did all that stuff, making $50,000 a year for the rest of his life for as long as he has those clients. You know, so I got all those. Those are easy. But it's a beautiful story that the collective came together. The rest will take care of itself. That's beautiful. So you've been successful. You've impacted so many people. I can't wait for people to listen to this conversation and know that they are part of the journey. Again, it starts with you having the right mindset, the grit, and the belief to move forward as an entrepreneur lonely, and you've created an ecosystem that it doesn't have to be so lonely. But I'm curious now, as you think towards the future, because I know you're always thinking towards the future, what is the future either for you or for this organization that you're building? So we sold our first franchise, right? Yesterday, 
Congrats. And that is part of our future, right? Expanding uh, by franchising across the country and the world, mm-hmm. authoring books, telling stories, right? Telling stories, speaking more, training more, going to corporations and speaking and you know, continuing to pull up more and more, essentially like I envision so many relationships that I have that I'm just never going to go anywhere alone ever. It's so awesome. Like that's, that's my future in a very brief picture. No, And that's beautiful. I'm going to ask you just one more question before we bring it to a close. You, talk strongly, you train all of us as many as you can on a magic ingredient. And I know you have several that you are bringing together in a book at some point in the future, but you talk about connect, serve and ask. Just tell me a little bit more why that formula you've come to that and why does it work well? Okay. Well, so connect, serve and ask is derived from it basically was this formula fundamentals for the perfect one-to-one is how it started, which was based on 3,000 one-to-ones that I did between 2014 and 2018. So in four years, I did 3,000 one-to-ones. And so that Connect, Serve, and Ask just became this three-pronged fundamental meeting style that produces win-win relationships Immediately, like we're here to help each other right now. We're here. This is our moment. Let's do that. And so that's where it really originated, which has then created more and more proprietary systems like our track system and all these other systems. That It all started there. So thank you. And I, again, I knew that at the heart of it, but when you engage with people that understand we are here to serve, but also be a little selfish, a little bit selfish and see if we can ask because more often than not, and we get surprised sometimes when we ask for something, people say, Oh yeah, let me, um, I think I know somebody and we sell ourselves short sometimes in relationship thinking it's not noble to ask, but that's how the community rises. We serve and ask. <laughs> That's right. Always and, like it. I always like it to the airplane, right? When you get on the airplane, don't they tell you to make sure you put your mask on you first before you help anybody else? True. Exact same concept. Beautiful. And I know, okay, so I'm going to share a little bit and I'm just going to share a bit with you. I'm grateful to have known you and just serendipitously met a few people I know have the good fortune and I'm grateful to have been asked to be at a speaking event uh, coming in this October just because I met somebody, we connected, we understood each other and now we're serving each other. So it's um, it's a beautiful thing and you never would have known how and when it was going to happen. It could have been the third connection in the supply chain, but it actually, it's beautiful when magic happens. So as we start bringing this to a close, and I know you have so many more stories, there is so much more to you and the community, but as we want to maybe leave some closing thoughts, maybe some actionable tips with people on the phone or uh, listening to the podcast, uh, what might that be, Clay? I'd like to say one thing about relationships, and then we'll talk about something else. So be proactive to not be alone. Be proactive to not be alone. So just take those steps to not be alone in one way or another. I don't care what group you go to. Just go be proactive at it. Second, it would be sweet if you maybe checked out one of our 
virtual meetings, right? Or our in-person meetings, right? So maybe check out our website, h7network.com. And then lastly, in time, I do have a book that will come out in the beginning of 22. And it would be super sweet if you read it. And so how can people stay connected to you? So they go to the H7 Network. How can they stay engaged with you so that when that book comes forward, they can be informed and, and start following you in the meantime? Well, okay. So uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, okay, Clay Hicks. And then I love doing one-to-ones. So let's do it. That's how we stay connected. Awesome. And we're going to put that information in the show notes for people. So if this conversation with Clay was meaningful to you, that you are an entrepreneur, even if you're in business and you feel alone, you don't have to be alone. Clay, this was an amazing interview. I so appreciate your time and the work that you're doing. And I wish you continued success. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.